May I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In today's gospel, we see Jesus' outburst. How startling. Our God has an emotional life. And these emotions are not just warm fuzzies. There's anger and there's yelling implied. But what is happening? In the passage, we see that the Passover is approaching. And through lack of detail, the passage makes it all sound pretty neat and tidy. But at the time of the year of the Passover festival, there is great chaos in Jerusalem. To understand this chaos, we need to consider both the crowd and the temple. During the time of Herod, while Jerusalem was under Roman rule, many changes took place to accommodate the festival crowds, perhaps seeking both efficiency and benefit to Rome. As we read the Old Testament, our understanding of the temple may get lost in descriptions of sacrifice and instruction of how to do things. But we need to remember that after the Babylonian exile, in a kind of incremental way, there was a restart of practice and location that emerged over time to worship God and gather together. The dispersed Jews began to pilgrimage to Jerusalem for three major festivals each year, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. As time went on, changes continued and things became modified. Not unlike today in our culture, as we use Amazon to mail order our shopping needs instead of physically going to a store, or read on a Kindle instead of using a bound book. Culture changes and behaviors change or modify. That's where we find ourselves in today's reading. As I said, Passover was a pilgrimage feast where Jews who had been dispersed would return for worship. The population of Jerusalem at the time of Jesus has many estimates anywhere from approximately 100 to 200,000 people, less than half the size of present Little Rock. But on the three major festivals per year, the population would swell, some assert, to close to a million, but at least double in population. You can only imagine how hard it was for the city to cope. Food, accommodations, animals, offerings, ritual facilities, so Herod began to work not only on the city, but on the temple. We hear it intimated today. This temple has been under construction. Herod renovated both the city and the temple to accommodate these times of massive influx. These changes in the temple were not changes in what took place, but in approach for greater ease of number and people and their needs. It had to do with bridges of construction and the building of a large plaza around the temple that linked aspects of commerce to the location of the temple for the ease of the city as pilgrims descended for the festivals. We can glimpse the chaos of this Passover festival. Crowds, animals, sounds, smells, chaos, and Jesus comes into the temple. Jesus' angry outburst is interesting and instructive to us. It might show us more of who God is, that God has an emotional life, but it also shows us more of who we are. Jesus was angry because God's house, God's dwelling, was turned into a marketplace. These are two words that are at contrast with each other, a marketplace being a place of personal gain through commerce and a temple being the place of God's dwelling. As Jesus came on the scene, things were in the temple, 
that were supposed to be there, animals, people, but were not being used in the way prescribed by God. They were part of a marketplace system. And some things were there that were not supposed to be there. Money changers, seen as a necessity as pilgrims approached and needed to change money for their time in Jerusalem. In ways, the location of commerce and the location of worship in this renovation by Herod overlapped a bit. Jesus comes in and literally turns things upside down. There are things in the temple that are supposed to be there but are misused, and there are things in the temple that are not supposed to be there at all. As Jesus conversed with the Jews, there is an interesting use of the word temple. It begins as discussion of the physical temple for worship, denoting the place of God's dwelling. And the Jews track with this and respond in kind with the same use of the word temple. They challenge Jesus, what sign can you show us for doing this, for your angry outbursts and overturning tables? Basically, what right do you have to do this? Who are you? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? In the then and there of this conversation, the Jews had been around for all the preparation and disruption and chaos of construction for years and years. Then, in verse 21, he, Jesus, it said, we hear he, Jesus, was speaking of the temple of his body. The word for temple is changed in the Greek. The temple of his body is a spiritual temple denoting where God dwells and where we all dwell connected to God and one another. Let me say that again because it's a loaded concept. The temple of his body is a spiritual temple denoting where God dwells and where we all dwell connected both to God and one another. The temple of Jesus' body is spiritual, personal, and corporate, mystical dwelling, and connection. The Apostle Paul uses the same words to describe our bodies in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, a passage just before today's epistle reading. Paul says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. A few chapters later, Paul states again, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? Temple, denoting where God dwells and where we all dwell connected both to God and to one another. The temple of the body, our bodies, is spiritual, personal, and corporate, mystical dwelling and connection, and clearly implies that we are not our own. We belong to another, to God. We are God's temple, our bodies. Jesus comes to the temple. Jesus comes to us. And as we come to the middle of this Lenten season, here's our kicker to ponder. What's in our temple, our lives, that's supposed to be here, but maybe in our lifestyle, is not being used properly. Money, food, time, relationships, the showing of our appetites through our behavior. What's in our lives 
but maybe misused? And what's in our temple that's not supposed to be there at all? What's in our lives that we need to let go of or confront or ask for help to face? Where are we like Herod in Jerusalem as we ponder the temple of our bodies, seeking to be efficient and accommodate and perhaps misusing things or welcoming things that don't belong? Let us take time to ponder this passage a bit more as we understand our bodies as temples. What will Jesus find in our temples? What might he overturn or expel? How will we respond to God? As Paul said, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own.